Well, Arsene Wenger, your boys took a hell of a beating in a very specific (laughs) sense. Manchester United's unbeaten away season, in spite of playing a full-blown second team, um, United uh, achieve a feat, which I don't remember us ever doing before, of uh, going unbeaten away from home for the entire season. It's the first time in the club's history. Third time in the Premier League era and fourth time overall. So it's a fairly a fairly new, unique thing. So yeah, um, who 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 would have thunk it? Especially with that team out today against Wolves. I mean, when the children were coming on, I mean, they really do look like children. Shola Shortire. There's no way that lad's 18. He's like 12 <laughs> max. What's good about it is. Um, you're looking at this and you're going, right, we're one game away from this kind of totally useless and arbitrary, but somehow very fun achievement. So we're playing away from home where we've been very strong, but not a single first team are playing, given that I would think that Dean Henderson is pretty much now not going to play the Europa League final. No chance. Um, uh, With fans back for the first time in this whole season, so a completely new dynamic, which we saw affecting the players when the fans were supporting them um, and against a team who would have been absolutely desperate to get a win in front of their home fans for the first time in the season, having with Nuno having announced his departure. Um, and uh, my hot take there that Nuno wouldn't make it to the end of the season was incorrect by point one of a minute because he made <laughs> yeah. it to, to the end of the season and no further. Um, Just about. Yeah. And... Uh, and yeah, and still somehow we won. What what a funny old game. Very good defensive performance from United, wasn't it? I mean, we spent yeah, it was. half the season like droning on about mistakes made and, and United defended really well. I mean, um you could uh, you could point at Nemanja Matic for Wolves' goal and go, What the, what the hell is he <laughs> doing on his ass? <laughs> point and laugh as he falls over. My god, that man gave the ball away so often. He's still he's still got wait for it, Paul. Two years left on his contract. <laughs> oh, just wow! There was some uh, rumours going around that um, Jose might be interested in taking him to Roma. Please, Jose, please. Grazie, Jose. I wonder. Um, wonder whether that might have been one matters last game. I mean, there is yeah. an option, and so I wouldn't put it past Edward Wood to um, action that option for the year as a parting gift to us. Uh, I mean, presumably, given that he's played about three times under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, he's not going to be staying. I mean, he's still a fantastic option for someone somewhere. Oh, sure, yeah. You mentioned it being a good defensive performance, but one of the things that was really noticeable was how a team with kind of Van der Beek, Diallo, uh, Mata, Elanga, really like technical and very, again, Matic as well, like technical and good at interchanging passing and all of that kind of stuff. It was Um, very, very fluid up front. I mean, like, obviously a little bit lightweight. Gave the ball away. Ahmad ran to some blind alleys trying to take on absolutely everybody all of the time. Alanga, good game from him, I thought. You know, he played... I was really impressed. Up front, on the right and on the left, uh, which we've seen him do for the under-23s as well. Very, very flexible player and... Yeah, only spoilt by Dan James doing a Jeff Thomas going clean through and trying to hit the corner flag. <laughs> I suppose that before we mention the several things that Dan James did hilariously wrong, we should talk about the thing he got absolutely spot on, which was a brilliant cross for Ilanga's opening goal. With his swinger, he's absolute peach of a cross, that is. I mean, he didn't know he had it in him. 
He was just hoping, closed his eyes, swung. It was like, wow, <laughs> pinged one onto a Langer's head and uh, Langer had missed one just before that and um, put that in nicely, didn't he? Uh, it, yeah. You know, if he uh, if he doesn't have a career at United, but he's got a chance of one because I think, I think they think highly of him at the club. Um, he, he will always have that. I mean, it's lovely, isn't it? Because it, it is so hard to get a career that just to, even to get a start or, or, you know, even to come on as a sub is a big deal uh, for these for these kids. But, you know, to score in in a game, Josh Harrop, we were pointed yes. out, was the guy that scored against uh, Palace. Now, now playing at Preston North End. Looks like he's got yes. a journeyman career ahead of him. Um, we'll see with some of these kids, you know, they're all very, very highly technical. We saw Hannibal yeah. come on, Hannibal Mentory come on. He looks he, good. He's a lovely player. I, I mean, um, he so much stick. I mean, reserve refereeing um, is not of the highest standard and he just kick, gets kicked all of the time. Got himself sent off the other week as well. Um, so, you know, he could do without getting himself a reputation for being a, a bit fiery, but technically brilliant, you know, and... Yeah. I spent a lot of money to bring him from Monaco and, and I, I guess we'll see more of him next season, perhaps. Well, it's interesting who we will and won't see more of next season. I mean, Ahmad Diallo, Ahmad, everyone seems to call him Ahmad, so I'll just go with Ahmad. He uh, he looks superb again in this game. I mean, you mentioned him taking lots of players on and he, he does clearly love to do that. But that ball that he put into Dan James was absolutely wonderful. And just generally speaking, he looks so... I don't know, he just looks ready for the big time, doesn't he? He doesn't look overawed by first-team football in the slightest. Look, it, it looks positive for the future. I think um, I, I don't know how much we'll see of all these players next season, but they, they're all very gifted. And I guess the question for the club is, do any of them need to go out on loan? I imagine they won't send Ahmad out, but the others, there's a good option. They'll all get a loan. They didn't give Brandon Williams a loan this season. And it's it's worked against him. He had an okay game today, Williams. Absolutely, We've seen him a couple of times recently, and you know, good for him. But he definitely could do with getting thirty or forty games next season, which he's not going to because Wampasaka basically never gets a rest. Well, this is Solskjaer's mode of operation, and and you know, given the circumstances that United have been in this season, we'll see how exhausted they look on Wednesday. But you know, I mean, we've seen moments of kind of big fatigue from the big players, but. Ultimately, it's been very successful playing this kind of first eleven brand of football for for the the vast majority of the season, rather than heavily rotating. So, uh, certainly, we are not going to suddenly see him, you know, giving Brandon Williams a game at every opportunity no. next season. So, yeah, I, I no, think. I mean, yes. Look, United have finished the season on seventy four points, and uh, what is it, twelve or thirteen points to City? I can't can't remember something like that. They Which won five nil today. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Aguero got his departing goal. Um, good riddance. <laughs> Aguero, no, get out of here. Uh, anyway, um, uh, so what? 12, 12 points to City. It's the closest we've been to the title winner since Fergie left. I'm not sure there's you know, an awful lot to be proud about in that, but it has been a season of progress. And given they started the season with those three defeats in the first six after having zero prep, at all, and they lost to Leicester and Liverpool in the middle of you know playing four games in six days or whatever it was. Um, you know, seventy four points is a is a good number. You know, unbeaten away from home, and it's just all those home defeats are the one big blot as well as the the sort of Champions League exit. I mean, we'll do it. We'll do um full pre a post season review next time out. But I think look, winning today 
is what I'm trying to say is it's kind of you know it's it's been a good season of progress and and you know I think a lot of it will be defined of course by Wednesday's result against Villarreal but you know not bad. I mean, you look at you know, I did I did think. As you were saying all that, I was like, do you remember how just before the podcast we said we'll do a season review yeah. <laughs> after the next game rather than this one? But there is, it's inherently, it's the end of the Premier League season, isn't it? And that's that inherently is a thing in and of itself um, versus the season overall. Um, and, and from that perspective, you know, you look at Chelsea and Liverpool who... Boringly, both made the Champions League, but they had they really left it late to give themselves to to kind of make themselves safe. Well, they weren't safe until it was all over. Um, Chelsea, in particular, Liverpool only sneaked in there in the penultimate game. But we've been there like most of the season and just kind of breezed to second place, more or less unchallenged for second place. Um, and and that's it's not. It's not where we want to be as as fans. Obviously, you want United to win the league, but uh, compared to what's gone before, it's. I mean, it's just a complete world of difference. And he's built this team that are really, really difficult to beat. Not because they're hard to break down or hard to score against. They're just hard to keep down because they just keep getting back up and swinging at you constantly. And and we'll see whether Woodward or Judge or Murta or whatever combination of it you know, of that um, can can uh, to take us to the next step forward in the summer. And Solskjaer talked about it in his presser after after the Fulham game that they're looking to do two or three deals, and that's what United need, you know. And um, the finances will be a problem, I'm sure. They don't have to be a problem, but they will be because. The, the Glazers, you know, work work back from taking their twenty five million out a year in in, uh, in dividends, and then they'll see what's left in the budget. So, um, and it, it probably won't be much. They'll do one deal, I think, and and the rest of them will be cheap or freebies, unless unless they want to buy us off because they're worried about the protests. We'll see. Anyway, anyway, that's that's you know we can talk about um, more in our end of season wrap. But today it felt positive, didn't it? Nice way to end the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mentioned that Palace game that Harrop uh, scored in um, last week. And this this game really felt like that, uh, both in terms of the fact that it was just before a Europa League final, but also just it had that vibe. It was just a fun vibe. And, and, and they really, you know, they were great. It was a great combination of youth and experience. And, I mean, we should talk about Juan Mata, who scored the penalty. Um, I mean, a lot of debate about a penalty where a man kicked another man in the ankle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there would be no debate if Donny hadn't tried to take another step. Yeah, yeah, yeah? Exactly. That's what made it look like he'd gone down soft. He tried to yeah. stay up and then he didn't. And then he threw himself on the ground. But, you know. <laughs> While uh, screaming. Yeah, yeah, a lot of screaming. I'm, I, w- the one good thing about fans being back is maybe we'll hear less of that. <laughs> a lot of squealing from players, really is. You know, they should... They should deduct points for squealing. Although I, you, this is the thing that I always think, which is that um, any commentator or pundit or podcaster who complains about the pay- player's reaction to pain should be forced to receive some sort of electrical impulse, which is exactly the amount of pain that the player was in, and then decide whether it was all right if they yelped or not. That's the thing. Because it probably hurts getting kicked on your ankle, doesn't it? It's probably, probably quite uh, yeah. sore. I mean, look, once upon a time, they used to wear some decent protection, chin pads and an- ankle <laughs> protectors, and they don't bother anymore. They all have these super skinny ones, which are basically nothing. 
nothing because they yeah. they want to feel lightweight and the and the boots are nothing as well. They're not like full on leather. They're basically you know a bit of a bit of stitching and some. Nah, you know. it's, it's it's magic stuff that absorbs the blow and spreads it out across yeah, the that's thing. Right. Crumples like holographic home. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Crumples own boots. Um, Van der Baker, I thought was, uh, just as an aside, I thought he was really good today. And I didn't mention him in the players that like knocking it about left and right. But I mean, if this was the way United played and the team that United generally put out, he'd have been such a good signing. Well, that's <laughs> this right. This team really it, needs him. Because this team liked playing those one-twos and playing it into feet, whereas, whereas the way Solskjaer is set up, his normal team is to play it into space and Bruno's perfect for that. And yeah. you know, all those players who like the ball in front of them. Um, and that's why Bruno's created 85 chances this season. 85! Uh, which is a hell of a lot of chances to create. Uh, and, uh, but Van der Beek just doesn't seem to fit, you know, systems player, they call him. It's just the wrong system for him. So yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, and it's hard to see him progressing at the club because of that. And, I've seen and a, Solskjaer really doesn't trust him in a two, typically. And he, he does feel lightweight in there, doesn't he? Especially with Nemanja Matic alongside him. I've seen United fans describe him as a nothingy player, which I just think is so harsh. Because he's not. I mean, and also, I think most United fans just couldn't accurately describe what Danny, Donny van der Beek was like as a player. Because he just never had a chance to settle into a side. He's, you know, now how many times he's played this season, but it's a very small number of times. I mean, I listened back to our season preview in advance of doing the season review. Um, and, you know, we we did talk about how he was a really good player, but where he fit in the team was not clear. Um, but we still don't really know. We'll see. We'll see if it improves next season. I, I'm not holding my breath for that one. But it, he did well to win the penalty, and then Juan Mata scored it, and that's uh, that's probably Juan Mata's last Man United goal. You'd imagine, which is you'd imagine. Yeah, there is the one way option, as I said. But I mean, I, I, they're not going to. Sosha doesn't. He doesn't want him, does he? he just no. doesn't want him. No, it'd be a waste of wages and and a waste of Juan Mata. He he's got another couple of years in his career, I'd imagine, and he should. He should go play somewhere, shouldn't he? Still, still, yeah. still, some lovely touches in him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, go and play in Spain. Go and be warm enough for the last few years of your career. <laughs> go, play, go and play Marbella or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get some sun, lad. Uh, exactly. Well, he's he, from the north, isn't he? So maybe, maybe he just wants to go and be in the mountains. Go and play for Real Oviedo or whatever it is. Fighting bears. I don't think one matter would fight a bear. No. It looks like I a mean, bear. I feel like a bear would beat one mutter in a fight. Like, I don't think that's an interesting hypothetical, like duck-sized horses and horse-sized ducks. Like, one mutter versus a bear. It's just bear all day, <laughs> every day. Every single person is back in the bear in that situation. There was a a, a poll I saw in the papers here. Um, is it one matter who would win in a fight? One no, surveying a who thought they could beat what animal in a fight. <laughs> Turns out a very high, a much higher percentage of men than women thought they could take on a bear, which was, uh, I did laugh at this poll. I mean, what a pointless use of polling, but um, yeah. And, and I, think, uh, I think I'm right in saying women only thought they could beat ducks in this list of animals that you could take on in a fight. I mean, it depends what kind of duck, because some geese are pretty vicious, you know. I mean, a goose and a duck is a different bird species altogether. Like, that's, we're in a different fighty ballpark here. 
We're going off on a very strange tangent here. We've really, really end of season content there, isn't it? Uh, yes, it is a little bit. Anyway, um, so we talked about the Wolves game. We didn't mention the Fulham game, really, and, and uh, Edison Cavani's goal. Oh, my goal. God. Wow, what a moment that was. I mean, how perfect is it that fans are back in Old Trafford? I mean, sorry, this is grim, but worth saying... I mean, various people report on this. I was almost sure I heard this. I haven't gone back and listened again, partly because I couldn't face it. United fans booing, players taking the knee. Uh, it was. It sounded, didn't last very long, the booing, got pretty drowned out by uh, applause. But still, if anyone, anyone who thinks that United are just better than other teams when it comes to racism, it's just... I mean, United fans as a collective in the world. Obviously, there are there are degrees of these things, but uh, yeah, that was it was grim and unsurprising. Yeah, sadly, we've seen quite a bit of that. Um, I, I, yeah, I, and I think they're just massive, massive twats. People are doing that, and yeah, and, you know, the Premier League. I, I thought had done quite well to try and depoliticize it to say this is about us standing up against discrimination and you know you kind of understand why they do that but uh, you know whenever I mention something like this on Twitter for example a whole bunch of the responses will be you know why should we be clapping for these Marxist socialist yeah you know, arsonists and and that kind of thing which is obviously why the Premier League as a kind of collective was trying to make it a general sort of little bit wishy-washy statement against discrimination well, you know, you said they've done quite well to depoliticize it, and it's like, I mean, in a way, I know what I know what you mean, but there's also part of me that thinks like it's just a bunch of absolute idiots conflating things, and yeah, and there's uh, been this big reaction to. to no, yeah, but anyway, that's. Whatever. Then, then we saw Edinson's goal. Oh, my God. So, it, it, apart from the, the fact that some United fans booed players taking a knee in protest against racism, um, apart from that, it was really nice to have fans back. And the moment at which it was the most nice to have fans back was when David De Gea passed the ball directly to Edinson Cavani, who was totally offside. <laughs> and he... Uh, Finest of Nick off Bruno's laces. Bruno yeah. afterwards was asked. He was like, no, nah, I didn't touch it, but I wasn't going to tell the referee. <laughs> um, yeah, Johnny Gabriel putting on Twitter just a picture of uh, Ultra Edge check. Of, um, just rock and roll that. Rock and roll that, please. Yeah, just rock and roll that for me, please. <laughs> yeah, there's a flat line there. He's offside. Um, but fortunately, we don't have the that technology yet um, in uh, in football. And, and Edinson Cavani is pure rock and roll. What? Uh, I mean, listen, this is fairy tale situations. This is, I know the game got really bad and we ended up drawing and it was stupid and pointless and we only ended up getting second guaranteed because someone else lost that day or drew or something bad happened yeah. to someone. Um, and But then who cares about any of that? Because that moment in condensed form 
was so intensely perfect, so narratively profound, so fitting that this player who has been so loved from afar, particularly by, I think, I mean, he's he's widely loved, but I do think there's a, there's a specific kind of love for Edinson Cavani from um, what you would describe as your day-in, day-out match-going Reds. They've really loved him uh, from afar. And... Uh, and the fact that he scored that goal at Old Trafford in the first game that fans were back, would he have tried it in an empty stadium? I don't know. I mean, it, it was all instinctive. Saw the keeper off his line, had the skill to to lob him. Didn't worry about the flag, uh, as you shouldn't. Play on, lad. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's been a perfect sort of couple of weeks. You know, he's agreed to stay, which is great from a United point of view. Um, might not stop Edward would try to spunk 150 million on Harry dodgy ankles Kane but we'll, you know, we'll see Edward about would, that one you know Edward was leaving right <laughs> you know he's not, not until the end of the season he's you know it's Ed the ego Woodward he's, he's going to want to go out end of the year end of the year right. December officially we'll see surely he's going to go this summer but uh, anyway anyway he, sign, he signs the contract Edison then scores that goal in front of fans you know and there's been a lot of talk about whether he's he was going to head back to South America and it seemed like that was it and Solskjaer talked about it and said they'd try to encourage him, you know, if he scored at Stretford End in front of fans, it would be a much different experience and worth it. And, yeah, there he goes. He goes and does it as well. In such that, and he starts running off, just running randomly, and then he hears the sound of the fans and runs towards the quadrant. And there's this incredible shot and the, the Sky director held it for way longer than they ever hold a shot of just him on his knees in front of the kind of join between the Stretford end and the Sir Alex Ferguson stand. I think it was at that end of the ground, right? Um, it's just such a, you know, the Twitter account, one perfect shot from like stills of movies. This was one perfect shot after Edinson's Cavani's one perfect shot. Was it his did it was it his first touch or did he knock the ball forward once and then and then shot? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I think he might have touched remember. it once. But, but Bruno, yeah. Bruno had under got, control and then then lobbed the keeper. Yeah, I think so. Bruno had got goal of the season awarded to him before that game. And like Edinson was clearly looking at it going a bit rude. <laughs> like got ninety minutes here. Could, anything could happen. I mean, that is definitely United's goal of the season, right? There's no, there is, that competition is really did wait for the last home game of the season to be won. And we'll talk about some of the contenders, but I can't think of a better one than that. No, I can't. I, I've got to go back and review some of them, I think, before we yeah, do our, our season review um, later in the week. Worth, worth saying about that Fulham game, talking of end of season stuff. So uh, fans player of the season, Bruno Fernandes, very unsurprising. I was very pleased that um, players' player of the season went to Luke Shaw because, you know, I've been we've been talking about how good he's been. And I've been saying for ages. I think he actually he's in a re- within with a really good shout of deserving player of the season overall. And I think uh, splitting it between the two is sort of the perfect result, really. Yeah, um, you know, great vote um, in favour of Luke Shaw's progression, isn't it? From the from the players there, you know. Um, the second time he's uh, been player of the season in the last three years or something like that. First one, totally undeserved. This one, um, well done, Luke Shaw. Didn't didn't believe he had it in him, uh, as we said in the season preview. Yeah, lots we of left We didn't believe chat. he had it, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, it's going to need a miracle, I think I, I said. I, I said um, he's not good going forward, he's not good defensively. That's where he's at at the moment. And you said that's where he's been at for six years, which I think was a little bit harsh. But um, but yeah, a miracle happened and he's been... I think that was that was well-deserved. It's slightly... Partially, in- partially at fault for the Fulham goal, of course. Um <laughs> True. Jogging um, back as well. Yeah. Saving himself for the final, I'd say. Appropriately. Um I, I think there's something slightly uh interesting in the players not voting for Bruno. I, there's something slightly interesting. So they're just absolutely sick of him passing the ball into thin air. Do you think that's what it is? And then, <laughs> then him shouting at them for stuff. Maybe. I, I imagine he's uh you know, in a different way, but a, a little bit Roy Keane esque in the dressing room, isn't he? Constantly demanding more. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, right, Luke Shaw never gives us any trouble. <laughs> Just happy bombing up and down the left flank, being a lovely lad. Um, a uh, uh, United fan. Shame it's a secret a, vote. I'd like to. I'd like to see who vote for who. That'd be really funny to find out. And Bruno got no votes because everyone hates. <laughs> Um, uh, a fan threw a green and gold scarf towards Luke Shaw at a corner was escorted out of the ground uh, well um, I don't know manhandled out of the ground by stewards um, was facing a lengthy ban and uh, Luke Shaw's got involved to see if there's anything he can do to help him not get banned good lad only a good lad I mean when it comes to like voicing I mean it wasn't aggressive he didn't try and attack a player he's just hoping for Luke Shaw to pick it up you know Yep. Just one of those moments, but you know, if you voice your your protest and you're chucked out of the ground, th- this is the Glazers rebuilding trust, folks. <laughs> Sad times. Uh, Tifo made a video about the state of Old Trafford, and uh, if you look at their top pinned comment on their YouTube, it's a really good video. It's well worth watching. The top pinned comment is Manchester United. Uh, have asked us to say and then quotes the Joel Glazer letter saying they recognise there's a need to invest in Old Trafford. <laughs> but yeah, really good video about the dramatic underinvestment. And even maybe I would say gives United slightly too much credit because it talks about the twenty million investment and mentions the eleven million pounds that was spent on improving disabled facilities without saying that was a legally mandated requirement. So quite <laughs> um, yes, they wouldn't have done it if they didn't have to no. have to spend that money and the the rest of the money basically went on on as we talked about before on on executive boxes because because they have to keep that to a, a standard otherwise they will lose some of that corporate sponsorship to to other clubs you know it's not really about supporting uh, being a fan there it's about the experience um so yeah no it's a good video that one uh, including the rather amusing bit about uh, old trafford's rodent problem yeah. and there was me thinking the real rats were avram darcy joel brian edward and whatever the other and can never remember the sick glazer no um yeah so uh we didn't win that game i mean you know you you expressed concern on the last show about the form that united were in going into the final i i had said i won't be too worried if we get two wins this week the fact that the first team did look kind of lethargic against fulham I don't know, maybe it's because a little bit of time has passed. I am not sure that the form of the last few games is going to significantly influence the performance in the final. I I, I tend to think, actually, 
um, they're going to be at something approximating their best. I, um, I hope so. I mean, it's hard to magic up that form. The last time we actually saw any good football from the first team was that second half against Milan, I think. Or Roma, sorry, Roma yeah. in the in the the first game. Um, so it's a while ago, and but but they've had a week off. They'll be fresh-ish, um, except for Harry, Harry Maguire, who will almost certainly start and then um, be nah. outpaced for Villarreal's first goal and then be taken off in the twenty-fifth minute. He's not starting. You uh, can't. You can't. Anyway, have we got anything more to say about the Fulham Wolves game, or should we talk a little bit, take a mini break, and then talk about Villarreal and the final? Uh, there might be more other stuff that we should be saying about those games, but, uh, you know, whatever. Like, What's the point? What's the point? They're done. They're, they're games that happened and uh, unbeaten. Uh, having back-to-back losses, now we've uh, had a, yet another unbeaten week. Um, and, and, and it's massive to go through the season unbeaten away from home, considering yeah. the mess we got in, ourselves into repeatedly uh, away from home. The fact that we've ended up unbeaten is is quite remarkable Um, all right well here's the jingle and we'll come back and talk about Villarreal god people must be sick of those jingles (laughs) they're pretty good I I like our I like our tune no, the tune's great. It's the 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 like us saying the same thing week in week out about you know follow well, us on the socials. I don't care. Follow. Don't whatever. Do do whatever you like. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll record some new ones for next season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and we should... you'll notice I chopped all the ads out, so you won't be getting ads at the moment. We uh, we kind of decided that we were sick of being like um, having no control over. Who uh, who advertises on our show? Yeah, um, especially just... given all the Super League stuff. It's kind of funny. I've been reorganising the archive. You may have noticed I dumped a few hundred old episodes into your feed. <laughs> uh, depending on what app and what settings you've got, you may have got rather a lot of notifications. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. Um, hopefully, it hasn't dumped a lot of downloads in. I don't think it will have, but um, I will put the rest of the archive. So we have uh, one to one hundred and twenty-five, and then three hundred ninety-five to five hundred and two. In the archive, don't don't uh, count everything because they are maybe may slightly out some places. <laughs> Listen, we have got five hundred. This is episode five hundred and two. Meaning, Brian Lara, eat your heart out. Like five oh two, not out. That's Does right. This, can we declare? Are we allowed to stop now? Uh, something like that. So, Villa Real, kind of interesting side, aren't they? Um, I um I went back and looked at a lot of their stuff and their stats and I, I'd seen those two games against uh, Arsenal or at least the second game I saw a lot of the second game against Arsenal. Um, you know they have had a kind of interesting end to the season. Lost a lot of games in La Liga, dropped out of the European places, and got beaten by Real Madrid at the weekend in the game. I that, mean, it was close, pretty right? dramatic yeah. game. Yeah, uh, two goals in the last three minutes wasn't enough for Real to, to win La Liga, uh, obviously. Um, and, you know, they're coming into this, I think, much like us, not in not in obviously great form, um, but with with plenty plenty about them, I think. You know, in Gerard Moreno, one of the leading scorers in the top five leagues this season. Um, Pablo, uh, Paco Alasser, 
um, probably start alongside him in a 4-4-2. He's played he, a lot of games in the Europa League and he scored a lot of goals in the Europa League. Unlike, he scored as many in the Europa League as he's got in the league unless he scored yeah. the weekend. I mean, he had a, had a season for Dortmund where he scored 18 um, league goals in one season. He's a, he's a, yeah. he's a good quality player. Yeah. Um, who's not had his best season, but you know, there's they've got plenty of pace there, plenty of flexibility. Neither of them are, you know, big lads, are they? And and the, you know, are plenty of attacking players. Um, it's hard to say exactly. I couldn't name their eleven exactly, um, because they've like played three different players at left back this season, so I'm not sure which one they'll pick there. Paul Torres is apparently a player United are looking at. I've seen him very elegant defender. Yeah, one of those you look at and go, hmm, you know, he'd he he would help United beat the press, but would he be bullied a little bit because he's not exactly a big lad, is he? Um, uh, Etoin Pue in midfield, you'll remember from his Watford and Spurs days. Watford, he played for it. Definitely played for Spurs. Oh yeah, no Watford, and and Watford his too. endlessly linked to Man United days as well. Yeah, that's right. Paco Alcacer was a player who was seriously linked to United for a bit. I yeah. mean, everyone was in. In the Van Hal era, right? Anyone who was significant, um, anyone who was a player with two legs, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because look at this, and you go, "Oh, scary!" It's a, it's a, it's an opponent, an unknown opponent. They've got a player who scored a lot of goals in the league, and they have, but they've lost, they've lost a lot of games in a division that I'm not sure is is across the board stronger than the Premier League this season to warrant us who finished second in the Premier League being afraid of the team that finished eighth, seventh? Seventh. Um, seventh in La Liga. Of course, that doesn't mean in a one-off game uh, all sorts of stuff can't go down. It can. And I, and I think that, that United's worst possible mistake would be focusing on the threats to them and trying to minimise the threats against United versus trying to maximise our threat to them. Because... You know, United's attacking weaponry is uh, is yes. sophisticated and complicated and and impressive. Um, and you know, I, I mean, the thing is, as was abundantly clear based on this selection, we didn't talk about this in the Fulham stuff. Fred was particularly egregious, if I remember correctly, against yes. Fulham. It was did dreadful. He, did he give the no? It's not one where he gave the ball away for the goal, is it? No, but um, anyway, he had a, he had a really bad game. Um, and uh, uh, McTominay hasn't had a good game for months. Like he no. he has been hiding from the ball. Like yeah. he's been when when United have got the ball, he's been out of the way to try and avoid himself getting. Like he just doesn't look on it at all. I don't remember his last good game, but it's it's been yeah. a long time. Um, no, that's so- right. I mean, it's a massive area of weakness for United. But but and and those are, that's really the one question, isn't it? The the two places that are up for grabs are who plays alongside. Victor Lindelof in the central centre centre of defence. I mean, Tuanzebe was very good today. You know, give you a lot of confidence if he played. In yeah, a way I mean, that he Eric Bailly might not, but I he, imagine it'll be Bailly. He wasn't. Who played against Fulham? Didn't Tuanzebe play that game as well? Um, totally I could be wrong. Anyway, no, remember. me too. Um, no, I think ben, it was Lindelof and Bailly played. Yeah, it was. Fulham. He when he plays Lindelof and Bailly, he plays Bailly on the. He's buying on the right and Lindelof on the left when yeah. Lindelof normally plays on the right when he plays with Maguire. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird and worrying. Yeah. I wish I had more confidence in Eric Bailly because Eric Bailly, I like him. And he's got the tools, but, you know. 
I mean, him. It's, I know I say this all the time, but him and Maguire is the best partnership that you can make out of United's current centre-backs. But him and Lindelof is not a good partnership at all. I mean, it's orders of magnitude worse than... I mean, partly because they never, ever play together. Maguire plays every game. So, you know, it takes time to build a partnership and, and there isn't much partnership building going on. Um, whoever plays, whether it's Transabe or... By there's there's worries in United centre back position. So uh, what that means is McFred McFred are going to play because Ollie's going to try play. and protect that area. Yes. even though they don't protect the back four, they don't, and they give the ball away, and there's zero progression from those two in central midfield, and it's a massive problem for United. I mean, I would be so much more comfortable with one of McFred playing alongside Pogba because you know, you know, and even if defensively that's on paper, weaker. I'm not sure that it is. Um, and I think it will give us the best tools to get the ball into the right places to cause trouble. Also means that Rashford could play left, which is much better than him playing right. And Mason could also play. I mean, it just feels like a better balanced side if they do that. But I think the chances are very slim. The thing is, Pogba's been a liability there. I mean, I love, sure, yeah. I love Paul Pogba, but and 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 I don't think Pogba is a liability in that position inherently. But he has been partly because he hasn't played it very much, and and you know he gives away. I mean, he's given away so many penalties, um, and and he gives away free kicks, and you know this is a this is a, a big issue. But Fred and McTominay are both a liability. I mean, particularly Fred. McTominay yeah. is sort of a sort of passive liability. Fred's like a a pretty active, like problem waiting to happen type liability, isn't it? I mean, the most terrifying thing is Fred, you know, pointing at his own goal, getting the ball from one of the central defenders. It's just he he can't turn. He can't. He just can't. He's going to go straight back, and United going to be in trouble. And it's going to happen at some point during this game. He terrifies me. To channel my inner Mourinho, he terrifies me. <laughs> and, um, um, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it just feels like too many compromises. You know, it's the compromise there. Uh, Pogba's been excellent off the left, but Rashford has not been good off the right. You know, yeah. there's, like, it's, it's, it's almost stronger for United to play Mason Greenwood on the right than, than to play Rashford, which... Rashford's probably going to finish with his best goal scoring. Well, could finish with his best goal scoring season ever, but um, not when he plays on the right. He doesn't want to cut inside and shoot with his left, and he doesn't want to go outside on the right. And it just feels like he's wasted there. He still gets goals and assists though wherever he plays, yeah. which is which is. I, I mean, I agree, but I think I think I think it will be McFred, Pogba left, and Rashford right. I think it'll be Bailly and Lindelof because I think generally speaking, when you think about Solskjaer, what decisions are he going to make? He makes the more conservative, obvious decision, it would appear, more often than not. I think it should be, you take the like, you play Pogba and McTominay because um, you can't, you cannot have Pogba and Fred in that position. That's not a good situation. No, that's um, a <laughs> United in giving away 20 shots. So you you play Pogba and McTominay and then uh, Greenwood on the right, Rashford on the left and Cavani through the middle. However, having said like what we should do and we don't think it's going to happen and blah, 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 typical NQAT, negative uh, quality <laughs> all the time or something. Um, but and, so, uh, High quality analysis are the words that you were <laughs> yeah, thinking of right. but didn't come out of your mouth. Um, but what's more positive 
is to say that even with the compromises that that involves, a front four of um, Cavani, Rashford on the right, Pogba on the left, and Fernandes behind them, uh, with Luke Shaw on the overlap on the left, and Wan-Bissaka being given acres of space to just do whatever he likes nowadays and and being able to use that. I mean, we are going to cause them problems unless we play really badly. Um, and even with Rashford on the right, he does um, put in at least one absolute peach of a ball per game minimum. Um, yeah. Fewest yellow cards of any of our defenders, Juan Bazeca, by the way, you know, for, yes, for a guy... he's who, really good at tackling. He, for a guy who always looks like he's making a last-ditch goal. He's just um, brilliant at them. He just times it really well. Uh, Maguire has 11 and um, and Wembezaka 4. Um, that's because Maguire gets himself into trouble all the time. Um, he's many qualities, but yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think you're probably right in your analysis of what, what it's going to be and how United is going to play. And, and, you know, it's it's very much can, can our weapons up front um, do more damage than than our absolute weapons at the back. Did you, and did cause you like damage it? to ourselves? Did you like it when I tried to take it in a positive direction and then you started talking about Harry Maguire's yellow cards within <laughs> fifteen seconds? I mean, let's let's talk about the damage that we can do them um, yeah. for a bit. Um, uh, Pogba and Fernandez, when they are both playing well in the same game, they are an absolute joy to watch and uh Cavani creates so much opportunity for both of them with his movement and of course for himself uh with his movement and the quality the delivery from wide is good and um whether or not you start with Rashford or Greenwood having the other one to come on is a massive deal I mean if he if we're struggling and he brings Mason on with half an hour to go if we're yeah. with one goal behind you know, I'm going to start feeling very optimistic all of a sudden in the, in that moment. Yeah, look, I feel more confident about this game than I did playing Sevilla last season in the semi-final. Um, well, for sure, is that because we're better? I, I, we're better and this is not, you know, Villarreal are not as good as that Sevilla side were last season. Um, and, you know, in, in Albiol and, and Pau Torres, the, you know, there's, there's two decent players there. Torres could be very well be a very good player. Yeah. Um, but I think Cavani's, you know, got the physical edge on those two, even though Cavani's like 90. Um, and and we've got a lot of um, a, a lot of forwards who are going to get into some really good positions because Villarreal pushed those two fullbacks up all the time. I mean, I don't know whether it will be um, Pedraza or um, I always get this name wrong, Estupinan, the Ecuadorian left back. He used to, he was at Tottenham for a while. Um uh, who will play left back, but they they do get forward a lot, um, so there will be spaces behind there for United to exploit. One of the things that I'd like to know and don't know um, is whether their keeper's any good, um, in and what his particular strengths and weaknesses are. Because I think uh, one of the things that's really good for United is playing against keepers who are not very good against long shots, um, because we we we're good at them. Um, so yeah, yeah, one international cap. Um, uh, has um, has uh, Sergio Asenjo for for Spain for Spain in yeah. 2016? So you know, right? Can't be that bad. But also, maybe he's not very good. Um, good analysis. Thanks for listening to an entire season of this. We're going to do a show after the VRL game on Wednesday night. We, depending on like stuff like whether that game goes to penalties and how late it is because of that and all that, um, we'll do. We'll either do a separate show for a season. Uh, wrap up or we'll do it at the end of that we're going to see we're going to see how and play that one a little bit by ear 
um, where we'll do all our usuals. We'll give everyone in the squad a rating out of 10. I can't... That's going to be really, really, really hard because it's a really hard season to assess. Um, but it's lovely to end the league season on a on a win, I think. I think, And it's appropriate that we end this season on an away win, which feels like the, the kind of story of the season in a way. I mean, imagine if United's travelling support had been at all these games and the results had been the same and the way they went is the same. This has been one of the all-time great seasons to follow United around the country. Um because the number of times they've... There's nothing better than being away and coming from behind to win the game, right? That is the that is the dream state for any away supporter. Um, so, That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, you know, it's it's been great to have fans back for the last two games. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully by September we've got, you know, with the vaccination programme and, and uh, you know, cases down in the UK, hopefully we'll have full stadiums by September when the... September, August, August when, August, the, yeah, when it August. kicks off again. After all, our players have had all of three days off because uh, they go from this the final straight into basically straight into the Euros for a lot of them. Yeah, uh, Bruno, please just get yourself a little hamstring twang, not too serious, just a little one. Go on, you know, get, get yourself a summer off. But the thing is, the two players we most need to have summer off are Rashford and Bruno, the two players who would least be prepared to even think about it. Do you know what I mean? Like the two players who, they're probably the two players in our squad who most want to win the Euros out of everyone. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, I guess there's a few players who'll get a rest, but not that many. Um, we will get a rest though, because we're not doing Euros coverage. Because I can't. <laughs> I, I think you're going to cave. I think you're going to cave. You're gonna go, I want to do it. Daily, daily hour pod. If, but if if my life was structured differently, Ed, that would be an absolute delight. But uh, I'm not sure that's an option, sadly. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk more about this uh, next uh, on the next show. But a massive thanks to everyone for listening throughout this season. It's been uh, it's been it's just been the weirdest weirdest season. Um, but yeah, having having fans having fans back is reinvigorating. You know, it's like it does it does make. It just makes a world of difference that, you know, that big thing that's been there the whole time saying football without the fans is nothing. It's really, there's something very profoundly true about that. Like, it's so rubbish without fans there and so much better with fans there. Yes. Yes, so, yeah. unless you're Joel Glazer and you'd really rather there weren't any. <laughs> I mean, there was kind of, there was a lot of protests. Um. I mean, there's, you know, I, I mentioned this on the show last week. There's lots of infighting between United fans online about whether or not you should go to these games. I mean, that's been going on very literally since 2005. And yep. some people set up their own football club as a result of that particular discussion. Um, but, you know, there were there were lots of, uh, lots of anti-Glazer chants, lots of anti-Glazer, uh, uh, not banners, but like little signs being held up. And, you know, that's inevitable and we'll hopefully see a lot more of that next season and hopefully we'll see some action from the government on at least an independent regulator or i mean i think that's what it's going to be isn't it and whether they've got any teeth or not we shall see so we'll see that's some way down the line i mean the the um the panel that is running the uh the the task force or the inquiry that tracy crouch is leading has only just been formed, so I imagine that is going to take quite some time. 
a fan-led review with no fans leading the panel, which is kind of interesting. But, um, you know, there's been a call this week from uh, major personalities in football, including Gary Neville for an independent regulator. I think the question I always have with that is, what's the job of a regulator? You know, it's, it's uh, you know, two, two things, right? It's to um, level the playing field between supply and demand or between supply and supply, typically. Right, you're trying to, you know. So, what what is the goal of a regulator here? Is it to, uh, if that came in, is it to make sure the interest of fans is upheld? Is it to make sure the interest of clubs is upheld, or between clubs? Um, uh, is it about the balance between broadcast rights and and you know competition for that? You know, all of that can come into play. I mean, we've just seen the Premier League roll over its contract. That's pretty anti-competitive. Although you can understand exactly why they've done it. Um, so no bidding process for the next three-year cycle. Um, I, if I was a broadcaster interested in getting in there, I didn't get a chance to do it. So should a regulator look at that? Is it this about ticket prices? Is this about some kind of fairer distribution of money throughout the leagues? Because if I was, I'm not saying I believe this argument, but if I was Manchester United going to that inquiry, I'd go, well, hang on a minute. Um, you know, the if you look at the viewing figures uh, for the big six, quote-unquote, and especially Manchester United, it's not a very equitable distribution of money. United should have way, way more. You yeah. Know? Um, and and so, like, all these will come into play. So that will be part of the inquiry. And we'll see what the report looks like and whether, you know, if the if the recommendation that comes out of that is a regulator, what kind of, what kind of uh, mandate and teeth does it really have? You know, sometimes you want to be careful what you wish for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, and 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 the thing is, what fans want is meaningful fan representation. I don't know if we mentioned this. Joel Glazer attending the fans forum on uh, the fourth of June. Um, that will be fun. Yeah, um, I imagine very controlled and sanitised fans yeah, forum. A- absolutely, not like the old days when Arsenal. Do you remember the uh, the AG, Arsenal AGMs? Um, I don't think it's going to be like that. Um, the best entertainment Arsenal have produced in years, those were. <laughs> oh, they're so close to finishing above Spurs in hilarious cons fashion today, but we'll talk about that on the back of content, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see it all. Anyway, be- uh, did, we, did we mention last week Casey Stoney stepping down as um, at length? We did. Ed, at length. Yes, I, I, can, I can't remember what I've said from day to day, let alone a week between pods. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no announcement on a replacement for, for Casey Stoney. Some worrying. Noises coming out of this. I mean, it looks almost certain that Press and Heath, Tobin Heath, are not going to be returning. It's just a one-year loan. Um, and um, perhaps Lauren James, very talented forward, might be going to Chelsea. We'll see about all of that. I've always thought that's where she's going to end up, given that that's where her brother plays and, you know, all that stuff. But And she's really good. Chelsea got absolutely battered in the Champions League final, didn't they? But They did. Um, again, by a team that look on a different planet. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, wouldn't know anything about what it's like by to be battered by a Barcelona that looked like a team from another planet in a Champions League final. Um, <laughs> uh, on that note, here's looking forward to the Europa League final. What is your prediction for this game? 2-0 win for United. Come on, you Reds. That's I think, I think Marouane Fellaini and uh, <laughs> Mediterranean. There's absolutely no chance we win this game 2-0. Um, 
um, because uh, the only way we're going to win this game is by going behind. Uh, I predict we're going to go 1-0 down within the first 25 minutes and win the game 3-1. That's what I think is going to happen. Right. All right, come on, let's go lift that trophy. We're like oh. Euro- Europa League masters. Yeah, we? yeah, I imagine. Um, but not next season, until until February when we'll be back in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, you know... Um, the Europa Conference starts next season. At least we, there's no chance we'll be in that. No, isn't uh, there? You told me there's will. a cascade. You told me there's a cascade. You can get from all the way from the... Can you get all the no, way from the no, champions? No, one season. No, okay, no. You right, can't right, drop right. out of the group stage into the Europa and then out into the... Uh, <laughs> it's knockout rounds after that. But uh, right, there cool. is, you know, it's kind of... I think people are, are down on the conference, and I am. It's a stupid tournament that really should have Arsenal in it, Well, but we'll have Tottenham in it. But, uh, you know, it's going to be... It's interesting how it's structured... Um, it's you know there's like one place per country, um, so it's going to give European football to a lot more teams uh, that wouldn't normally have had it, um, but a load of very average teams from some of the big leagues. What's funny is that it's called the conference, right? Which is just it's it's such a loaded word in the UK when, yeah. when it comes to football. But anyway, all right, um, Patreon backers, stay tuned for us to talk about a load of football stuff. Everyone else will see you after the VRL game. What a massive game! I mean, I feel like we haven't quite done enough build up considering it's a it's a European final. But um, I'm really excited. I'm really genuinely absolutely buzzing for this one i think it's i think it's really exciting to i mean how exciting is it united are finishing the season with a european final that's like that just doesn't happen very often I and mean, it's happened twice in the last decade um yeah so you know yeah they don't deal. come around very often it's, no. it's a, it is a big deal it may yeah. be the the lesser of the two competitions and Unfortunately, City may go and win the big one. Hmm. I'm well, going to think about that one. Someone bad's going to win the big one. Someone bad is going to win the big one. But, um, you know, it's real football, isn't it? The Europa. It's like the EFL. Real, real football where, where you know, none of that fancy Dan stuff. Anyway, come on, United. I think we're going to win it. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, it is in Gdansk. So they didn't move it like the Champions League final. Are there, are there fans going to this? Are there... Anyone from the UK going to make it to Poland? I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I, I heard talk about that and people trying to help United fans get there and stuff. But yeah. I mean, if you are going, have an amazing time. Stay safe. Be worth the 14-day quarantine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, until we lose an extra time. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, never mind. Uh, no, we're going to win. I'm feeling good about it. I feel good about it. I think goals from uh, Fernandez and... Oh, someone different. Fernandez, McTominay and Greenwood. <laughs> there you go. Good. Well, Fernandez won pen. Um, has to be on there somewhere, doesn't <laughs> absolutely. it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, and Edison to round off... Uh, Oh, yeah. It's been a very good end to the season, surely. Yeah, all right. We'll go with Fernandez, Edinson and Greenwood then in that case. All right, thanks, everyone. Take good care of yourselves. We'll see you soon. Have a great one. <laughs>